Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamp, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 434 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as ever, by former heavyweight world title challenger, my main man, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how are you doing this week? I'm good, my man. How about you? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. We're going to waste no time. We're going to dive straight into the review part of the show. I'm deciding to start here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas in the in the uh, Chelsea Ballroom, Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. It was live on DAZN, a matchroom show. Going to touch on the undercard, Johnny Fisher. He pretty much steamrolled Dimitro Bezos, who had been stopped in two rounds to David Adelaide, was stopped in one round here. He was just on the ropes, and, um, you know, Johnny Fisher, like I say, was, was letting his hands go. Bezos wasn't really firing back, and the referee jumped in and stopped it. So a first-round stoppage. Johnny Fisher looked quite good, and he came into the fight with a cut on the bridge of his nose that he sustained in sparring with Michael Hunter. He's now 11-0, though, Johnny Fisher. Good to see the Romford ball on tour. Um, special shout-out as well to Khalil Coe with a good win. He's now 8-0 with a draw, a TKO for him in round two against Juan Osuna, who was 20-0. He was down three times in that second round. Uh, also on the card, Austin Amo Williams with a knockout in round seven. I didn't see this fight, but he's now 16-0. It was a battle of the undefeateds. He took the O away from Armel Yasser, who's now 10-1. Yasser down in round six and seven. And then, yeah, the main event, Conor Ben now 23-0, a unanimous decision over 12 rounds at welterweight against Peter Dobson, now 16-1. Um, I haven't seen this fight. Um, just briefly, Eddie, I don't think you've seen it either before I carry on. Um, no, I didn't actually get a chance to see this one. But uh, I kind of wanted to because I heard, actually got some information on it um, from a, a source. I, I don't even know who the guy was, but I was looking at a video, and he was talking about how, you know, oh, you should bet on an early uh, early stoppage, I think, on on that because of the way, you know, the last, I think, five or six fights he had. He was actually in that um, team boxing league thing too. So, uh, but he was saying, it, you know, he just wasn't, he didn't look good, this, that. And turns out that he actually went to, to, to the full distance, which was kind of crazy. But anyway, yeah, uh, I didn't see it. Um, but I did want to check it out. I just didn't get a chance to. Sorry. No, no, no. Same here. I was at the fight in Wembley and I was obviously unable to watch the fight live. And when a fight goes the distance and you hear that it's gone the distance, I really struggle to want to watch it back. Um, so, yeah, I was at the fight. Um, what we'll get onto in a moment. But, yeah, I was obviously, you know, getting little updates during because obviously both main events clashed so I was getting little updates and 
you know, it sounded to me like Connor Ben started really fast. He did really well in the first and second round. I think maybe the third round, it looked like he was just going to stop this guy, Dobson. But then Dobson apparently landed some good shots himself and um, basically got a lot of the respect of Ben. And then, you know, somehow it ended up going 12 rounds. That's the first time that Ben has gone 12 rounds. So that's a, a box ticked there. But once again, it's another kind of... Um, I don't want to say a bad look because look, you know, he's 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 fighting away away from home, a long way from home, and he's taking an undefeated fighter's record away, you know, in in their backyard, so to speak. So, I don't want to like kick him too much, but obviously, we have to mention it. It's the second fight back since the you know the 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 foul drugs test, and it's the second time he's gone the distance, and obviously, he doesn't seem like he is punching as hard at least as he was in the past so this this you know this guy in the distance malarkey is doing him um well it's doing him no good that's that's the truth of it you know a lot of people are starting to get very suspicious like i say i don't know but um i'm not going to be watching it back but like i say apparently he looked pretty average in there um they're calling out all the big names i think they mentioned um you know so many names. I mean, he's called out literally everyone. Um, I think Javante Davis was mentioned, Adrian Broner, uh, Mario Barrios. There's so many names. Hopefully, I mean, they're, they're, they're talking about Kell Brook. I'd, I would hate to see that fight. I'd hate him to be able to beat, you know, a, a version of Kell Brook that's just a shell of his former self. That would be a real sad way for Kell Brook's career to come to an end. So I don't want to see that. They're calling out Eubank Jr. again. Again, I just I can't see how Ben could win that fight. Um, and I can't remember who else they called out. I think they called out someone else. I can't remember who it was now. But anyway, they're calling out all these big names. Hopefully, we see a fight. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, you know, that's of, su- of substance. I'd like to see him in with Mario Barrios. To be honest, I think that'd be a good fight. Well to wait. Uh, but yeah, moving to the final card to mention of the review part of the show. It went down at the Wembley Arena. It was live on Sky Sports. I was lucky enough to be there in attendance. Um, special shout out to Alex, uh, who is from a podcast as well. I don't often give other podcasts a shout out, but he's from a podcast uh, called Sport de Song or Sport de Sang, if you're pronouncing it with absolutely no accent at all Uh, you can find those guys at sport d-e-s-a-n-g so a guy called alex uh, runs that podcast there Uh, he's a friend of mine through boxing media he reached out to me and um, basically i wasn't accredited as media i think i said that on last week's show boxer have never given me an accreditation for whatever reason so alex came through and said that you know he he had um a ticket that I could, you know, that I could take and go with him. So we went together and it was really fun. So shout out to him. Um, but yeah, on the card itself, I'm going to start with the very bottom of it. Francesca Hennessy, now 3-0, a points win for her. I expected her to probably get a stoppage against this girl because I think Laura Valdebenito was pretty much a, uh, I think she was pretty much a super flyweight or maybe a flyweight. She was fighting at bantamweight. And I think in the end, the fight actually took place at featherweight. So I really thought, you know, Hennessy's a good puncher. She's a lot bigger. She's going to probably stop her. But no, 
Um, went the distance over six twos. Valder Benito had a point deducted in round six for hitting on the break, though. Uh, but yeah, very clear victory for, for Hennessy there. Also on the card, Jamie TKV with a decent win, to be honest with you. He's now 6-1, and one, a points victory over six rounds against Con- Kostiantin Dovbichenko, the, the uh, heavyweight journeyman, dangerman, danger man. Uh, he's now 10-15 and 15 with a draw, still never been stopped. Jamie TKV did have a point deducted in round five for for repeated low blows. Um, but yeah, no, it was quite a good performance because obviously TKV was coming off that stoppage defeat last time out to that Brazilian fighter whose name at the moment has escaped my thoughts. But um, Dov Bichenko, you know, he's always a tough guy, always, you know, comes, you know, for a fight. He, he doesn't come to lay down at all. And I thought he was going to probably ask questions of TKV. Um, but TKV, you know, he he was he, he was very impressive. I've got to say, I I didn't expect him to do as well as he did. I think he targeted the body of Dovpichenko quite a lot, which I think is an interesting tactic, one that we haven't seen so much. I think he felt some of those body shots in there on Saturday night, but usually he fights against guys that want to headhunt. So a good win for for TKV. He's back to winning ways six and one. Ben Whitaker now six and zero. Oh, a TKO for him in round five of. Eight, uh, Gradia, his opponent, Khalid Gradia, now 10, 14, and 5. He was down in the second round from a body shot. Nice left hook to the body. Um, and he was down once as well prior to the stoppage in round 5. Um, yeah, Ben Whitaker, typical Ben Whitaker performance. Very flashy, um, very elusive. You know, I love his head movement. I like a lot of his moves. They're very hard to pull off. I know that, you know, some people think it's distasteful. He's fighting a guy levels and levels below him but he is very good and you know I don't think he cares too much about what people think I think he wants to be a Marmite type of fighter people are going to tune in whether it's to see him win to see him you know entertain or hoping that he gets stopped (laughs) so it is what it is I don't think he cares he's just going to take as many viewing figures as he can get and yeah you know I've seen people chop up the the fight into a few little clips and I've seen the clips go viral so he is doing the rounds right now for some crazy crazy boxing skills the other night so all the best to him uh I, I wasn't too I wasn't too bothered by what he was doing I didn't think it was he was that bad I mean Grady is a tough guy I expected it to go a few rounds and yeah um you know not many people stop him so it's a good win for Ben Whitaker. also on the card we'll be speaking to her a little bit later but Caroline Dubois with a successful defense of her IBO lightweight world title over 10 two-minute rounds she's now 9-0 a unanimous decision she won absolutely every round, so a shutout victory against Miranda Reyes, now 7-2 and two with a draw. Dubois looked good. Um, I think, you know, she's she's going to become a world champion, a proper world champion at some point in the near future. It has to happen. She seems very, very talented, and I think she can hang with the best of them in terms of skill for skill. Um, what else do we have? Adam Azim with a win, a, a unanimous decision. Oh, sorry, not unanimous decision, a knockout win for him in round five. Um, I don't know where I was going with unanimous decision, but yeah, we saw him move to 11-0. and 0. Um, Enoch Paulson, the opponent, now 14-1. and 1. You could see straight away he threw a shot, 
or, or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it happened now, but straight away dislocated his shoulder. And I said to Alex next to me, I said, that is a dislocated shoulder straight away. And he took a knee. He stayed down, went back to his corner. Referee counted him out, by the way, before he went back to his corner. And he couldn't continue. So a successful defense for Azeem there. It was a defense there for his EBU European super lightweight title. Paulson, like I say, counted out after suffering a shoulder injury. Sad way to go out for him. But he wasn't really in the fight. I think Azim was was dominating as expected. And then the main event, Dan Aziz, now 20-1. and one. He lost his O. He lost his British and Commonwealth light heavyweight titles. He was down twice in round 11, though they were both, in my opinion, somewhat slips. I know between rounds, the... the um, you know, people were jumping in the ring with towels trying to, you know, dry up the floor. And it was happening a few times in between rounds, so I don't know how wet the canvas was getting during rounds. But anyways, Danazi's down twice. Um, punches did land, but like I say, he was down very hard and he seemed like he lost his footing, at least in one of the two knockdowns. Um, Joshua Boatsy still undefeated, 18-0. Like I say, unanimous decision in the end for him over 12 um, I thought that he would win quite comfortably from the very get-go. I thought he'd either, you know, stop him late or or win on points. And he did win on points in the end. It wasn't all that competitive. I think Dan Aziz had some moments early on. But as the fight went on, I think Buatsi seemed to have more in the tank. Buatsi at times seemed to not be able to miss as well with the left hook. Like this long looping kind of left hook he'd throw. He kept catching Aziz with it. He seemed to have no answer for it. But he scored a lot with that punch. But all in all, I just think, you know, I didn't really learn much about Bawatsi. But I think he's the better all-round fighter than Dan Aziz. And he had everything to answer for whatever, you know, whatever Dan Aziz brought to the table. He had an answer and more Joshua Bawatsi, as I expected. For me, though, it wasn't really a fantastic fight. And I was kind of... I kind of felt the same thing throughout the whole card. I don't think there was any really great fights. It it seemed to kind of go by quite quite slowly the whole entire night. I mean, there was only six fights on the whole card, but it seemed to last forever. And like I said, there weren't really many great fights at all. So that Dan Aziz and Joshua Boatsy fight, from where I was sitting, didn't seem that great. But um, anyway, that was my view. I know that you did see some of that one, Eddie. What was your views on it before we wrap up part one and welcome our special guest? Well, truthfully, I watched <laughs> the highlights of it. And from the highlights, uh, I mean, well, there are the highlights. Um, it looked to be like a pretty decent scrap. But one thing I can say and we talked about it last week that, you know, you mentioned how much better technically, and you know, just a better all around fighter that Puatsi was. It, it showed throughout it. You know what I mean? Like there were points, even though there was action and, you know, Aziz would try to, uh, you know, come back with some stuff and he landed some decent shots, you know, early on. But like you said, as the fight started to, you know, typically the cream rises to the top and, you know, that's, what happened in this situation too. So, you know, he, 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 um, you know, he had some success early, you know, you know, coming in, he's tough. He's, you know, he's strong. He, you know, he wants to bring the fight, but eventually, you know, it seemed like Joshua, Joshua Buatsi was really, really 
good at timing and catching him with, like you said, that, that left hook. He caught him with some really, really good left hooks during the course of that fight. Um, and the knockdowns did look a little dodgy at times, you know, like, like well, not at times, like, you know, they did, they look, they could have been slips, but good shots landed at that time. So you can't not give credit. So they should have just done a better job on the ring and keeping it dry. But at the end of the day, that's the, you know, that's the nature of boxing. You get hit, you go down, regardless of what it is, it could be a slip. You know, you got to have to get up and get it back some kind of way. And just, unfortunately, I don't think he had the, you know, enough firepower or the skill level to really keep up with what Boatsy was doing. So, um, interesting fight. It looked to be a good fight, but I, like I said, I was watching the highlights. So I can't really, you know, say it. Like I even said to you, Joe, on, you know, off, off camera, or oh, not off camera, but off the pod, we talk about how, how exciting it looked to me from the vantage point that I was in. But obviously I was kind of mistaken, I guess, because you're saying it wasn't that exciting. So, uh, well, um, but from the, what I saw, it was it was an interesting-looking fight, but it did look to be controlled by one guy. And even though he had some success at times, it was just clearly going to be his night. So good fight. Uh, interesting fight, I guess, because contrast of styles. But, uh, yeah, Buatzi, I'm trying to – I'm kind of, you know, interested because he looked pretty good. I'm kind of interested – not kind of. I'm actually interested to see what he does um, as he goes forward and what other matchups he can get. You know, he seems to be a pretty decent fighter. Yeah, positional-wise, he's put himself now in line for the winner of Paterbiev and Bivol. However, it, it doesn't seem to me that he's quite at that level just yet. Uh, there are some great fights that can be made domestically. Obviously, for years now, we've been talking about Anthony Yard against Joshua Boazzi. It'd be great to see that one, but, you know, politically, it probably won't work. And Dan Aziz, I think there's still, you know, there's still a lot, a lot of guys he could face domestically, even though he cleaned up most of it. I'd like to see him with Craig Richards. There's some guys there for him as well. But, yeah, for, for Boazzi, obviously, he's in the stronger posi- position of the two, but... What I'm trying to say is I think both guys have got doors that are open in the near future for them both. But anyway, that brings the review part to a close. It's now time to welcome this week's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated and reigning IBO female lightweight champion of the world. It is, of course, Miss Caroline Dubois. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure. So, Caroline, it's the first time you've been on. So, welcome once again. Uh, you've been a you've been a pro now for almost two years. You made your pro debut February 2022 um, against the very very tough Vida Masio Kate. Uh, she took you the distance over six. She's currently racked up 21 losses, but has only been stopped just the one time. Which, like I say, is testament to how tough a girl she is. What do you remember about your pro debut, Caroline? Yeah, um, it was it it was it was a good experience. It was in Cardiff. It was a big card as well. So you know, I was really put out there. Um, straight away. Um, I remember it was a Eubank versus Williams. I think it was, and um, yeah, it was a big it was a big card, and I remember being excited. And I I remember telling myself for my first year as a pro, I just want to get used to fighting under the bright lights. I want to get used to fighting, um what's the word, like, in front of the cameras, in front of the, in the whole build-up, you know, I've never done a fight with before, and that was the thing that most, um, uh, the, the thing that, you know, was gonna be the most, you know, troublesome for me, is that 
um, is the fact that it's, it's the whole fight week, the build-up. And I remember just trying to enjoy it. Obviously, you know, the way I fight, I always try and go for the stoppage. And uh, after the fight, I remember realising that pros is not the same as the amateurism. If I was an amateur and I'd fought that girl, she would have been stopped straight away. But, you know, the pros, you have to do proper knockdowns. You have to do proper... You have to really put 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 hands on a person and, you know, really dent them and, and let the ref know that, you know, you're ready to get them out of there for it to be a stoppage. And it was a good learning experience for me. And I remember being, you know, just excited that my pro care was, was, was on the way. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about getting a proper stoppage. Obviously, after going the distance on your pro debut, you string together five consecutive knockout wins. It's not something we see too often in women's boxing, that kind of knockout streak. Was that the Dubois in you shining through? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like what I've learned growing up is that I've always got power. You know, I've trained very hard from a young kid. My dad obviously made us train very hard and, um, you know, physical strength is obviously an attribute. But what I've also had to learn is that just being strong doesn't mean that you're going to get a knockout or you're going to be a knockout person. You know what I mean? It's it's skill. Um, yeah. And uh, boxing is a skill sport. And even when you see people get knockouts, it's all done through through skill. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously in the pros, I mean, your brother Daniel had made quite a big name for himself before you even turned pro. Uh, we've mm -hmm. seen in many cases that the sibling that turns pro second kind of, in some, in some cases, lives in the shadow sometimes of their older mm -hmm. sibling. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that happens with a brother and sister. It's more of a brother and brother thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. What you said is true. Um, definitely more of a brother-brother thing. But because I'm a female... I've managed to make my own name. I've managed to um, create my own buzz, you know. Everyone wants to see who this female, this the girl is, you know. And female boxing is so different from men. There's no real comparison, you know. We don't fight the same time. We don't fight the same distance. You know, it's a different color patient. And female boxing is booming right now. So there's going to be interest. And I'm, I'm so lucky to be a woman right now. I realize that. So, um, yeah, I feel like I haven't really had to fight to prove my own name and especially going to the Olympics. You know, I'm coming from pedigree of my own and, you know, I've got the skills to back it up. And after those knockouts, you beat Yanina Lescano on points and then obviously that, that was what leads us into the IBO mm. world title fight against former world title challenger Magali Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez had lost by majority decision for the WBA world title to Irma Garcia. She also lost by majority decision to Erica Cruz. She's a very good fighter. However, you beat her unanimously over 10. You dropped her three times along the way. Talk me mm. through that one. That was a great win. Yeah, um, it was it was a great fight. Um, when the you know it was it was my first ten rounder, and um, I remember going in thinking a lot like I wanted to pace myself, I wanted to take my time, and I wanted to see how I how I dealt with the experience of of someone who's coming from a, a had a very strong background, and um, I wanted to know you know I wanted to deal with all that, see how I came up, and I thought I did rather well. Um. Yeah, and I just remember thinking, okay, kick on now, press on now. I, I have the ability to knock someone down and hurt them on late. And, and um, yeah, it, it gave me a lot of confidence. 
And then, of course, most recently, I was lucky enough to be there in attendance on Saturday night. You completely shut out Miranda Reyes over 10. Reyes was coming off her career best win over Yasmin Rivas. Talk me through the mm-hmm. fight on Saturday. Another dominant performance, Caroline. She was she was a very interesting girl. She was very weird throughout the whole fight, you know. But um, it was a good fight. Um, I feel like I haven't watched it back, so I don't know what happens. But when whenever you're in a fight, it's very hard to like give an opinion on it unless you unless it was like either you win or you knock someone out. It's very hard. It's 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 not until you can watch it back that you really have a good opinion. Um, I haven't watched it back yet, so I haven't really got a strong strong opinion on it, but. Um, I feel like there's a lot for me to improve on. There's a lot of things that I can think of just off the top of my head going into it that I want to improve on. And I, I told my coach, I told Jay, and I told my team, and um, I'm ready to go again. And, 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 you know, this is the first one of the year. And really just set a stamp on the, the lightweight division, you know. There was a lot in that fight that I felt like I did well, but also a lot that, you know, I, I can tell and see that needs improvement. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be be working on that for my next one. You talk about the next one there. Um, when do you want to be out next, Caroline? Soon as soon as possible. Um, I've been told April. Um, that's that's only two months away. So I'm just going to take this week off and get back in the gym. Um, and it's going to be a big one. Hopefully there'll be an announcement by the end of this week or early next week, and and y'all will see. You know, there's a big announcement and it's a big, you know, um, a big statement. So yeah, Caroline, you just sound a tiny bit muffled. Uh, am I better now? A hundred times better now. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll move on yeah. to the next question. All, all yeah. of that's good so far. Um, there's there's a lot of good fighters in your division, lightweight, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, domestically, you've got Rhiannon Dixon fighting for a world title in April. You've got the likes of Beatrice Ferreira out there. Mm-hmm. I, I know that some of these fights politically will be tougher to make than, than the actual fight itself. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But are these the types of fights that you want to be involved in? Definitely, 100%. Um, I feel like I'm in the right time to be a female boxer and the right time to, to have turned pro because there's girls turning over from the Olympics and obviously the Olympics is going to be happening this year and I think a lot more girls will turn over. I mean, there's so many big names at, at lightweight. I feel like lightweight for the women is is a very popular weight because, you know, we're, we naturally sit around 66, 60 kilos and so there's there's always going to be more women at that weight class. And um, right now, there's there's big names, you know, as you said, Beatrice Ferreira, Rianne Dixon, Karen Carver Hall, um, Katie Taylor. I'm not sure if she's going to be coming up or staying down. And then at 140, there's there's names. So in and around that weight, there's there's big names. Even Alicia Baumgardner, you know, she's been vocal that she wants to move up in weight. And that's, there's some good good fights, and I'm so happy to be around at this time and at this weight and and be available for it, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of big names. I love most of them fights that you've mentioned there. Um, I know that obviously your nickname is Sweet, Sweet Caroline. I'm not expecting you to call anyone out as such, but is there anyone on your radar in terms of names or is it just pretty much whoever? Yeah, I feel like all boxes all boxes want to fight each other. I don't think there's many boxes that are truly afraid of each other. They may be, um, what's the word, like wary or cautious, but... You know, they understand that eventually one one way or another, you're going to end up in the ring with each other. One way or another, you're going to be on a crash crash course. And whoever's the best, 
they're gonna end up crashing into each other you know the cream always rises and i believe i'm the cream you know i'm the cream of the crop and whoever else is who is there is my number one number two they'll be up there beside me so i believe anyone who's good anyone who sees themselves being a world champion anyone who is a world champion is is who i'll be looking to be stepping in the ring with you know that's exciting times. Also, a good friend of mine as well, Craig Richards, has just joined yeah. your gym. Um, obviously, he's fighting this weekend. I haven't spoke to him for a little while, but how's he been looking? It's a good addition, I think. Yeah, I definitely, I think so too. Um, he's been looking really well in the gym. He's been sparring Ben Whitaker recently. He's been sparring Zach Chilly, who just went and won the British um, title. He's been sparring some good people. Chris Billum, he helped Chris for his preparation in, for the Masternic fight. Um, Chef, Chef and Clark, he's been spot. And what I've been seeing in the gym lets me know that this guy is definitely up there. It's a shame that, you know, he's been so unlucky previously, but I feel like he's, he's really a special talent and I feel like he just needs the person and the timing, you know. He, he needs to be the favourite and I feel like a lot of times he's been stepping into fights not as the favourite, not as the one that people are pushing to win. But now I feel like that is switching over a little bit. And he's really shown his class, stepping up and fighting Bevel and stepping up and f- with these big names guys. And, and he's really, he's been in there, you know. He's never been outclassed, never been, you know, really outdone. And I feel like he's a special talent. And um, it's only a matter of time until people get begin to see that. And what I've been seeing in the gym has been has been really good. Um, his sparring has been top tier and... You know, he's a, he's a really good addition to the gym because he's such a nice guy. And um, he's so, you know, easy to get along with. There's, there's people like you can just, you, there's, you can't find anything to fault them. And he's just one of those people. You can't find anything that you can fault with him. You know, he's just a, he's just a good person and obviously a very good athlete. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, yeah, probably gave Bivol his best fight. I think it's a good move for him. And um, yeah, great to see him with Shane. Excited for the weekend to see how he looks. Uh, just mm. before we wrap things up, Caroline, I just wanted to throw it over to you if you've got any closing words to the listeners. Um, and mm. also, don't forget to to plug your social media handles, my friend. Yeah, Um. so I mean, to anyone who's watching and is supporting the Karen Dubois train and is jumping on for the journey. I'm so thankful. And uh, the support has been very, it's been noticed, it's been appreciated. And I just want to be someone who can keep showing up and keep performing for you guys, the fans, and obviously whoever's watching. And I appreciate, you know, the giving the spotlight and appreciate, you know, giving the time. So thank you to you. And uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, watching, watching the journey. Absolutely. My pleasure, Caroline. Um, you didn't plug your socials. I'll do that for you. On, <laughs> on Twitter yeah. slash X, it's at S C. And then on Instagram, it is underscore underscore. So two underscores, Caroline Dubois one. I think I'm right in saying all that. Yep, that's right. Perfect. Listen, Caroline, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Congrats once again on that brilliant win. And we'll speak again real soon, I'm sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. We're going to start here with this. Uh, Two unbeaten heavyweight rivals step in the ring. They get in the ring on March the 31st at the O2 Arena. Big venue for 
that fight, I think. But we're going to see uh, Fraser Clark stepping in the ring with Fabio Wardley. It's going to be for um, the British and Commonwealth titles. Again, the date for that is March the 31st at the O2. It's going to be live on Sky Sports. Um, I don't know if they have announced the undercard just yet. Uh, I don't think it has been announced just yet, but it's going to need, I think, a big, a big undercard there, because, uh, like I said, that's a big venue to, uh, you know, to to to, to go for there. Um, what else do we have? The fact that Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk, it wasn't too far away. It's now, of course, off. Unfortunately, Tyson Fury sustained a cut in in sparring in the build-up. Um, yeah, completely devastating stuff, actually, to hear that. Obviously, you know, the, the weeks were just kind of flying by, you know, like we were super excited. It wasn't too too far away. I think it was a couple weeks away, and then boom, you know, a cut comes in, in, in sparring and Fury has to pull out. They've rescheduled a date for May, but, um, yeah, there's not too much to read into. I think that's very, very soon, considering the cut, but... What do I know? Um, I don't want to talk too much about that, but let's move straight on to the preview part. There's a card that takes place later today. It's a strange one. It's on a Thursday night, of course. It's going to be live on Sky Sports at 1.30 a.m., which, technically speaking, is the early hours of Friday. But let's start with the undercard. We're going to see good prospect Abdullah Mason, 11-0 in an eight-rounder against Benjamin Gament, who's 8-0 with three draws. We're also going to see Keyshawn Davis, 9-0, one of my favorite prospects to watch. He's back in a 10-rounder against a man I've always been a big fan of, Jose Pedraza, still only been stopped just the one time in his five losses to Javante Tank Davis all those years ago, back in 2017. He's 29-5 with a draw, Pedraza. It's just over a year since he last boxed. He lost to Arnold Barboza Jr. And he actually hasn't picked up a win since, um, since June of 2021. So he's obviously seeming to be at the very end of his career. But, um, yeah, only ever lost in good company. You know, Arnold Barboza Jr., um, Jose Ramirez, Vassal Lomachenko, Javante Davis, Jose Zapeda. These are all top guys that he's lost to. So, Keyshawn hasn't proved just yet that he's on that level, but it might be the right time for him. But I'm really excited for that one now. I think it will be, you know, it will go the distance, I think. I don't think Keyshawn's going to stop Jose, but I think Jose also is worth a punt on points if he, you know, isn't hampered too much by the recent, uh, I don't know, ring rust or ring inactivity or just general form. And then the main event is a very intriguing one, Eddie, for me here. It's a 12-rounder. Tiafimo Lopez, friend of the show, 19-1, and one, defending his WBO super lightweight world title against 17-1-1, one one, Jermaine Ortiz. Um, again, the one loss came to Lomachenko in a very, very close fight. He's been he's been back in the ring just once since then, so it's not been too great because that Lomachenko fight was, you know, October 2022. He boxed just once in in uh, it was back in September 2023. There, a nice win on points, unanimous against Antonio Moran. But yeah, this is a really, really interesting fight because Tiafimo Lopez, despite Obviously, last time looking pretty good against Josh Taylor. 
I don't think he's looked that great since moving up to 140. I think I've said this before. He beat Pedro Camper, but I don't know how good Camper was. He definitely lost to Sandor Martin, but he got the decision. And Josh Taylor, I think, we saw in the Jack Catterall fight that he, he isn't quite the same fighter he was. But credit to him, he beat Taylor. I thought that he would win. I remember backing him to win. I think he was the underdog, but he did win. And he gets in with a really good operator here in Jermaine Ortiz. And I tell you what, I'd like to see Tiafimo win. He's a friend of the show, but I would not count Jermaine Ortiz out at all. I think he's a really more than live underdog. I think he's just over four to one, which I think is insane odds. And that's just to win by any method. I don't think he's going to stop Tiafimo Lopez, but nine to one to win on points. That's crazy in my opinion there. Um, do you want to have a say on that at all, Eddie, before we move on to the next card? I think that's a real underrated fight and an underrated uh, uh, fighter, Ortiz. He's, he, got, he's, he got game. <laughs> he can fight. He's not no average no, you know, average bum out there. Not saying he's not even, you know, no inflated, you know, records or anything like that. Not to say that um, he's had the craziest uh Opposition, but he still has he has proven by getting there with Lomachenko that he's not just an average guy. He can fight, so you can't look past him. If you're Lopez, you absolutely cannot look past him. He's a, he's a pretty good boxer, good IQ. Knows his, definitely knows his way around the ring. It's um it's an interesting fight for him to be a four to one dog. I mean, I guess you know it's it's, it's when you think about it, it's the fame, it's the punching power. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of reasons, you know, to, that, that TFMO could be, can be a big, you know, can be, uh, you know, favored, but I don't think it's anything necessarily 100% of what's going on in the ring because Jermaine Ortiz can fight and most guys wouldn't just look past him or think he's going to be somebody that's going to be a blowover. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm actually excited and kind of interested you know not more than kind of i'm really interested in one of those kind of fights that flies under the radar but then turns out to be maybe possibly you know maybe not fight of the year but at least uh you know maybe even upset you never know out of year but it, it just it just turns out to be really really interesting i think it's gonna be a high level of skill there's a lot there's a lot to it so yeah um looking forward to it actually yeah all the best to both men there um, yeah, Jermaine Ortiz obviously beat Jamel Herring, the last man to beat Jamel Herring. Moving now to the Indigo at the O2, which is a tiny venue, just a kind of little venue within a venue, if you like, in the O2, in the O2 arena. Um, in London, it's going to be live on the Zone. Um, it's not a fantastic car, but let's run through it. Friend of the show, Shannon Ryan, 6-0. She steps in with 6-0 Jasmina Zapatoxna. Um, who I've never heard of, but again, that's over 10 twos there at Super Flyweight. We're also going to see friend of the show, Craig Richards, in a good fight here. 17 and 3 with a draw. First fight under his new trainer, Shane McGuigan. He gets in with Boris Crichton, who's 12 and 4. It's over 10 rounds there at light heavyweight. We've seen Crichton recently in the losing corner, but. You know, he stepped up against Callum Simpson, against Lyndon Arthur, and he's never been stopped. Well, sorry, he's been stopped just the one time, and it was early on in his career to Diego Costa. That was five years or four years ago now. So, um, 
yeah, interesting fight there. I don't know how much notice both guys have had because I believe this fight got announced just a few days ago. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, good to see Craig Richards back. He hasn't boxed in over a year. Uh, his his last fight was against Buatsi. Uh, I, I was at that in in May of 2022. So it's been quite a long time out of the ring. Uh, but yeah, the main event. All eyes to that for the uh, for the not vacant for the British and Commonwealth Super Featherweight titles. We're going to see Liam Dillon 13 and 0 with a draw, coming off a good win last time out against Kez Ashfak. Um, yeah. He steps in with Reese Bellotti, 17-5, and five, a guy that I have been a big fan of for years and years. Again, I gave him a lot of credit on the end-of-year podcast uh, guest. Uh, what am I talking about? The end-of-year podcast awards for last year gave him a lot of credit, Bellotti. He had a heck of a year in 2023, you know, domestically, beat Yusuf Kamari, beat Akib Fiaz. He's on, he's on a completely fantastic run you know he he's got some serious momentum at the moment it looked like he was down and out in his career but he he seems to be back as good as ever before and I would love to see him win he is actually the slight favorite for Saturday so all the best to him moving now to the copper box arena uh this one to take place in Hackney Wick it's going to be live on TNT Sport this is the second to last card Let's start with the undercard. Carroway Tauma, 11-1, back in an eight-rounder here. He gets in with Eros Sagetti, who's 10-0 with a draw. I just want to take a little quick look at this guy here. Uh, Eros Sagetti. The guy is from Italy, 30 years of age. Um, oh, boy, oh, boy. Not, not a great record in terms of the guys he's beaten. He also drew with a guy uh, two and a half years ago, who was 4-2 and two with a draw, so I'm not expecting too much. However, Carol Itama, I mean, I, I remember being there when he got upset and knocked out, so I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't I don't think his ceiling's um, too high. But anyway, he's on the card, best of luck to him. Also on the bill as well, we're going to see Anthony Yard, 24-3. and three. Um, He's had the one fight since losing to Arta Baturbiev, but he gets back in here with Marko Nikolic, who's 32-3. and three. Uh, Been stopped twice in his three losses. The Serbian um, lost to Ivan Zuko. Got stopped by him in two rounds. Got stopped by Sergei Gorokov in, in round 10. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mean, he's put together all these wins, 32 wins. He's had 35 fights, but you look through his record, and I'm really struggling to recognize any names here. So it's quite a padded record there, and the bookies are expecting Anthony Yard to, to you know, to walk through this guy, stop him quite easily. Also on the card, intriguing fight here. I think we're going to see. Masood Abdullah, who's 9-0, he gets in with Kez Ashfak, who's 12-2. It's over 10 rounds there at featherweight. All the best to both men. Friend of the show, Sam Noakes as well on the card. 12-0 with 12 KOs. He gets in with former sparring partner Luis Sylvester, who's 13-0. Somebody's own must go. It's for the Commonwealth and WBC International Silver Lightweight titles. All the best to Big Sam Noakes there. 
Uh, I say big Sam Noakes, big punching Sam Noakes, I should say. He's from Maidstone. His hands are made of stone. That is him. Cannot wait to see him back. And also on the card, we're going to see the main event really intriguing contest between Hamza Shiraz, 18-0, and Liam Williams, friend of the show, 25-4 with a draw. This one for the WBC silver middleweight title and the Commonwealth middleweight title. Uh, Hamza Shiraz is on such an incredible run now. You know, he's been knocking people out, knocking people out. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve stoppages in a row. He gets in with Liam Williams, who, you know at one point, was looking unbelievable. He also was knocking many people out. He put together seven knockouts in a row going into that Demetrius Andrade fight, and he got completely outclassed against Andrade. It was a nightmare start for him. He had some moments late on, but, you know, he got completely outclassed, and the scorecards reflected that. Then he got in with Chris Eubank Jr., and I expected a lot more from him, but I couldn't believe it when I saw him on the deck four times in total. I just didn't know what happened. It seemed like his punch resistance wasn't there. I have heard that he perforated his eardrum in the build-up to the fight and should have pulled out. I don't know about, you know, I don't know. that. That's just what I heard. Um, and obviously, you can you can believe that 100% or you can say, hmm, I'm not so sure. It might have had something to do with the power of Chris Eubank Jr. And the fact that maybe he got outclassed. But since then, he's had two fights, a second round knockout against Nizar Trimetch, who was really badly overmatched, and then last time, a first round knockout against Florin Cardos, again, who was really overmatched. So I don't know what to make of Liam Williams right now. It looked like at one point, you know, after that Andrade fight, after that Chris Eubank fight, that he was done and dusted. But he's come back with two brilliant wins, but against really low-level guys. So I don't know what to make of it. I don't know... I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you. If he is on his game, again, he's a very, very, very live underdog. Potentially even for a knockout. But I don't expect this one to go the distance. I just can't see it going 12 rounds. But the knockout could come either way. It depends, I think, what, uh, you know... Liam Williams has left, but he's 4-1 to one just to win by any method, and he's 13-2 to two for the KO, which is mental odds there. They're almost too good to pass up. But all the best to both men, particularly Liam Williams being a friend of the show. And then the final card to mention, it goes down at the Hawaiian Gardens, which sounds really, really nice, and then you find out it's actually not in Hawaii. Um, it's in California, USA. Over here, friend of the show, Ernesto Mercado, 13-0 with 12 KOs. Very exciting, super lightweight prospect. He's back in an eight-rounder here against Victoriano Antonio Santalan, who is 11-6 with two draws. All the best there to Ernesto Mercado. The only man to take him the distance was Zolisani Dongeni, who we saw about six weeks ago get stopped. Um, against Arnold Barboza Jr., which was quite surprising. But without going off on a tangent, this opponent, Victoriano Santalan, six losses. He's been stopped twice in those six losses. Uh, he got stopped by Williams Herrera, and he got stopped by Alejandro Silva. Guys, uh, I 
I'm only learning their name for the first time. So um, he's coming off a, a, a TKO win against a guy who was 11-1 with a draw in his last fight. A guy called Benjamin Dubois, funny enough. I doubt he's related in any way to Caroline or Daniel. <laughs> but all the best to Ernesto Mercado in this one. He is the friend of the show. But anyway, that is it though for the preview part. In part one, we did the review part. Then we welcomed our special guest, sweet Caroline Dubois. And in part two, we did the news. We just wrapped up the preview part. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 434 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A huge shout out to this week's special guest, the undefeated and reigning IBO female lightweight champion of the world, that being Miss Sweet Caroline Dubois. The biggest thanks of all though goes out to you, the listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in. That's about everything though from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe and we shall see you all again same time next week.